BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. And I know that you are here to listen to the best humans on the planet to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. Let's do this. And so today I found Alex Jarbro. I hope I said that right. He is the founder and the CEO of Sargon Investments. He is a regular contributor of some of the top real estate investing podcasts in the world. He is also the host of his own YouTube channel, Alex Builds, where he teaches how to properly build and manage short-term rentals. And you know what? what's really cool, Alex? I think that this is something, I think I might have only had maybe one other person who ever come on here and talk about this. And I love giving like my audience like this knowledge that they probably don't know about and are curious about. So let's start off with getting to know who Alex is. So the first question, Alex, is who are you? Who is Alex? Yeah, so Alex Jarbo is, like you said, the founder and CEO of Sargon Investments, which is a short-term rental development and management firm. And um, I'm also the creator of the Build, Don't Buy Short-Term Rental Masterclass, which is a masterclass we put together about three, four months ago of just teaching people what I do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, is this something that you've always been into or you got into it, you know? Yeah, so I've I've been in it for about six years now, just mainly short-term rental development. So if we go all the way back, um, I started in the Marine Corps and served four and a half years in the Marine Corps. And um, my last year in the Marine Corps, I decided I didn't want to re-enlist. So I just started reading up on a lot of different investing, any type of books on business, investing, just general books. Um, and real estate had really caught my eye because mm-hmm. I just enjoyed the control that you had over it. So I had originally joined a flipping mentorship while I was still in the Marine Corps. And um, the gentleman who was running the flipping mentorship we were doing like a group coaching call. And he had just in passing had mentioned that all of his short term or all of his long term wealth was tied into short term rentals. And this was back in 2015, like, 16. 
And so that sort of perked my ears. This sort of caught my attention a little bit. So I got him on a one-on-one -on -one call and I was like, I'm really open. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, but I was like, I'm really open after the mil military to move wherever in the country to work on short-term rentals. So he taught me how to choose the right short-term rental market. And then we had decided on like two or three markets and narrowed it down to where, where I currently live, which is Asheville, North Carolina. So the day I got out of the military, moved straight here, got my real estate license, and I just started looking for a deal for myself. Um, and what I realized after like, I don't know, four, four or five months of looking was everything at that time was either way out of my price range or it was in my price range, but there was nothing unique about it. It was mm. just it wouldn't have done well on the short term rental sites. Um, so after again, like that, that was like four or five, six months of looking, I did. Uh, and like just coming up empty handed, getting multiple offer situations and just getting beaten down. And uh, so I decided to build my very first real estate investment, yeah. which was an 800 square foot A-frame that we own to this day. Um, cash flows like crazy. Um, one turned into two really quickly, two turned into four, brought on some investor capital. And then uh, today we're developing, developing or purchasing over $10 million worth of short-term rentals. I'm hoping to triple that next year. That's fantastic. So for for those of us who are probably listening and don't really know what a short-term rental is, when you explain that a little bit to me? Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of different definitions when it comes to short-term rentals, vacation rentals, Airbnbs, VRBOs. Mm -hmm. that's some, mm -hmm. that's, those are some of the words that associate with that. To me, a short-term rental is any, any a rental that you rent for 30 days and under. Okay. Um, but there, there is sort of like a sub niche that's coming up even and becoming more popular now, like midterm rentals that are like anywhere between 30 days to say three months. Mm -hmm. Um, but I operate in the 30 days, like minus like, um, okay. Space. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of, so are you, um, on like listings like Airbnb and VRBO and stuff like that? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we are. Um, it's not where our listings live though. So like our, our, it's, it's part of our overall like marketing strategy Yeah. Where, we I mean, it, it, you'd be dumb not to put them on Airbnb and VRBO when mm -hmm, the property mm -hmm. are Those are big, yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, it, I just like, when I what I coach people through is like, you want to look at Airbnb and VRBO as just another marketing piece to your business. It is not where your business should live at. Just mm -hmm. take, for instance, like, as we're recording this, there's actually an update that's happening tonight with Airbnb. Um, so it's like, you're, you're sort of privy and sort of, you're, you're stuck with any algorithm changes or anything that yeah. happened with yeah. VRBO and Airbnb. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're phenomenal platforms, but if something changes with the algorithm and your property can't be seen or say if your property gets delisted, you, the, another company essentially controls your entire real estate yeah. portfolio. Yeah. And I've just never been a fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. And they also control like, uh, you know, like the reviews and what people say, you know, and some of it um, can, you know, affect you good or bad, right? Good or bad. So, all right. So when you got into the short-term rental, the first thing that caught my ears, you said there was nothing unique about it, right? So nothing unique about the property you're looking at or whatever. So tell me a little bit about that. What do you mean by nothing unique about it? Because most people think that they could just take uh, their home and just make it a short-term rental. So tell me, tell me what you meant. Yeah, so I would say five years ago, four years ago, probably even before COVID and a little bit after the first lockdown, you probably could have gotten away with just getting a normal single family house, putting it on the short term rental sites and it doing really well. What I'm seeing now, just from looking at the data and just seeing everything on social media is a lot of those properties aren't doing as well as they used to. They're probably still cash flowing. Um, but the way we've always developed properties is developing unique, I like to say Instagrammable properties, properties yeah. that people would be proud to put on their social media. They're in a little bit more rural setting, which is 
completely fine anywhere between 15 to 25 minutes from downtown. But you want something unique. And every area is going to be different. Here in the mountains, A-frames, log cabins. Mm. We're playing around with like tr- like adult tree houses. Cottages, yeah. chalets tend that's to do cool. really well. Um, but that's mm-hmm. what I mean when we talk about like unique properties. It's like an Instagrammable property where like essentially the guest turns into your marketing person because they're yeah. putting it on their own social media. That's really, yeah. really smart. And I think you're right. You know, in the beginning when uh, Airbnb first came out, I think that's how I thought about it too, right? Like you just look at a house and you're like, okay, I'll just rent their house. But then it just feels like you're in somebody else's house, right? Seriously, um, with all the right. like closed, yeah, yeah. closed doors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> yeah, they lock their, their clothes in the closet and stuff like that. And um, I've been, I, I actually... I agree with you because even in our last trip, me and my husband's last trip, went to Orlando and I was looking for an Airbnb, but it had to be something cool. It was like yeah, a little cabin. It was like, area. it was, yeah, yeah. That's really, that, yeah, it was really fun. I've never been there before. So I, I really understand that. And um, I love that you're playing around with the ideas of like adultery houses and cabins and stuff, because that's actually something else I'm looking at. And the other thing I'm looking at are, are um, uh, container homes, you know, yeah, because those are something cool. like that. Like, yeah. especially with Airbnb, they have all these like different categories now. Mm-hmm. And like, if you can fit one of your properties into those categories, like container homes, I mean, it, it's just going to rank better. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, and I know that you've been doing this for some time now. Um, and you said you had, you have partners and you're doing this whole thing. So talk to me about somebody who is new to this and wants to, cause I know you have a master class. So tell me like some of the first like steps you think somebody should take if they wanted to, uh, kind of investors or at least start playing around with the market yeah so i mean i i started i started when like investing in short-term rentals like first started to become cool and we were at even back then like it, it was it was really a strong economy and i'm a writer for bigger pockets i write a lot of the short-term rental content and um one of the biggest things that i've been talking about recently was just because what's happening in the markets right now shouldn't shouldn't scare you okay interest rates mm-hmm, are approaching mm-hmm. six seven eight percent nine percent uh on the commercial side um i I always urge people to like underwrite the property no no the the interest rate is relative if your property is cash flowing if your property is cash flowing that that's the that's the goal if you can make the property work in today's market imagine where you're going to be at in two three whenever whenever the interest rates start falling again because they always go up they always go down so imagine what position you're going to be at when you can refinance out of that interest rate i say that First, just because like people might be a little bit scared right now in this investing yeah. um, like economy, which which I mean, it happens. Um, I, I just say like, no matter what the interest rate is, first underwrite the property. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're first starting out, I what I recommend doing is if you want to get like this, this is what my masterclass teaches. But if you want to get into like right out of the gate into construction, that's what the course teaches. The number of one thing you want to think about is. A lot of times, like if you're listening to this and you live in like more of like a busier metro market, I don't really recommend doing this strategy in that market. What I recommend to you is I always recommend starting in your backyard. And when I say in your backyard, a lot of real estate books will say that with this, I'm saying like anywhere between 45 minutes to maybe an hour and a half from you. Mm -hmm. And you want to think of a place and this is the very first thing you want to think about. You want to think of a place where people are vacationing in your city where they're taking an extended weekend vacation to. There are hundreds of these pocket markets throughout That's the smart. entire country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like where I grew up, where I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. I mean, you 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 drive up north, and uh, I use the two ex, uh, examples on each side of the country. New York City people drive to upstate New York every single weekend to get an yep. Airbnb, say like in the Catskills, 
that's a couple hours away. But and then on the other side of the country, you have like San Diego. People will drive to like Big Bear Lake to, to stay up there for a weekend. Yeah. Um, so that's step number one is identifying some of those pocket markets, those vacation markets that are within. I wouldn't go over an hour and a half, especially if it's your first property, because you're going to be going out there a lot. Yeah. So that's step number one. Step number two is either identifying what type of property you want to develop um, or finding a property that has some sort of acreage attached to it. So it's like maybe you you purchase the property, you can rent it out in Airbnb. Even if it breaks even, that's completely fine, like on the mortgage until you can get the other one built. We did that a lot when we were dealing with the supply chain issues earlier this year. Um, mm -hmm. We purchased properties that we felt like could cash flow really well that had anywhere between like two to 10 acres attached to them. And now we're finally starting to develop on that acreage. That's so great. that's step number two is either deciding if you want to develop or finding a house with some sort of acreage on it. Um, and then the final step to that is outside of the financing is you want to be thinking about the entire guest experience. So it's not just what this cool property looks like when the guest right. is staying there. Um, you also got to be thinking about the drive to and from the property. So you don't want your guests to be driving like 30 minutes up a gravel road before they even get to your property. Yeah. A, lot of times, a lot of times they're coming in at night. A lot of times it's they're new to the area. A lot of times they're like in a loon cell phone reception or whatever. So you don't want them to be scared or annoyed by the time they even get to your property. So thinking about access to the property is huge. Yeah. See, those are things that, you know, I, I haven't invested in short term, um, but I've often thought about it. Um, and my son is getting into real estate now. So we've also been playing with that idea. And so I, those are really good tips because I think those are the tips that most of us who don't know the market don't think about. Right. And I'm sure right. you didn't think about it either. That's probably how you know that. That's how you found yeah, out. I, just, right? I had underwritten <laughs> the deal like, OK, if it if it doesn't work out well, I can either rent it out like on a midterm basis or I could just sell it because it was right. just a, I feel like anybody would have wanted to live in that. Like the square footage we develop at anywhere between like 500 square foot to 1500 square foot. There's always going to be a oh, market. That's good. So you have a range. OK. Yeah. There's always okay. going to be a market for like mm -hmm. that size property if someone wants mm -hmm. to live in it long term. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And how are you finding the the smaller places that you have? Do you feel like they rent out better? Do they rent out more? Like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, so I, I feel like they rent out better, um, especially mm -hmm. if you're developing them like in a more unique aspect. And it, again, if you're not doing new construction, you can always play around with the interior design as well and make it unique on the inside. Um, sticking to that like four to six range, I feel like has done really well because there isn't, I, it personally, I haven't seen a big jump between like four people sleeping and eight people sleeping. Mm -hmm, I personally mm -hmm, haven't mm -hmm. seen it. That might be just specific to my market. Um, but I like to stick to the four to six people range. Again, anywhere between like 400 square foot to like 1500 square foot, 1500 square good. foot house for six people is going to be pretty comfortable. For yeah, it's going to be comfortable. Bigger than I a think hotel room. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, it, I definitely look at Airbnbs now before I ever look at a hotel room, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I just think it just feels more it feels more like you're just really on a home away from home. Um, so yeah. I think that and what you're there, doing there has is, been some yeah. like bad press with Airbnb and stuff. And they are working on that. Like like, again, the update as we're recording this, the update tonight is going to be tackling some of those like bad social media posts about cleaning fees and other fees yeah. and stuff. They're, they're working on that for sure. They're just yeah. working out the bugs right now. Yeah, I mean, that's every business, right? You're going to have your good, you're going to have your bad. So Kat, can I ask you something about um, uh, uh, about the the pandemic and all of that? Can I ask yeah, you absolutely. how that affected you? How did how did you find that for you? Did you find your business go up? Did you find your business stayed even? How did you find that? Yeah, so I mean, it. I mean, after the first lockdown, so we were locked down for like two, two and a half months here um, mm -hmm. for So we just we, we just put in like, 
midterm rentals, like monthly rentals, which was fine mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. Here, short-term rentals were outlawed for like those first couple months, just like out that because it wasn't considered essential. So we just rented out to like traveling nurses nurses for those first oh, couple smart, months. Smart, smart. Um, so we were we were comfortable. I mean, we still cash flowed, but like even if we broke even, we would have been happy compared to like some other businesses that were just getting crushed. Yeah. Um, but after that, I mean, we saw a crazy resurgence. I mean, we were mm-hmm. raising our prices almost every like every two weeks and we were we were booking out 95 percent occupancy. Plus, what's dangerous about those times was if people were getting into the short term rental space during that time, that sort of became the normal of being booked 85 plus 90, 90 percent plus. I look when I first started, I, I relied very heavily on hotel books, like how to run a hospitality company. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, n- normally they operate anywhere between like 60 to 80 percent. So that's where we underwrite our properties at. Uh, but COVID for sure helped us because everyone was working from home. All of our properties have reliable Internet connection and it helped us. It's starting to slow down for sure now, mm-hmm. but that's because people are returning to work right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see the whole I've seen some arguments made on occupancy is dropping because of um, just people having less disposable income. And that might mm-hmm. be true. But the w- way we invest in our properties in terms of being close to like metro cities, pe- people during a recession mm-hmm. are just they don't take the extended weekend vacation or right. extended week vacation to Europe. They just stay stateside. So mm-hmm. I, I don't really see that affecting us. I, I just think that people are returning back to work and they can't work from home the way they did. So we did see a drop in our occupancy, but I mean, we're still cash. Our investors are still making money on a monthly basis and we're still yeah. cash flowing. Yeah. yeah. And I, 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 I tend to agree with you too on that one. I think, I think it's just that people are back at work. You're hitting the office more now, but I'll be honest with you. Even I got used to traveling more in state. You know what I mean? I got traveling more in I the mean, East our country, coast. Our country is yeah. beautiful. Like from yeah. coast to coast, it's insane. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And if we took the time to actually explore, we realize how beautiful it really is. And yeah, I know I've been, parks, I've been driving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, beautiful beaches. If you go down like to Florida or, you know, some parts of Texas or something like Absolutely. that. I mean, it's just, it's just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And North Carolina, South Carolina, all these places are just gorgeous. And I feel like now that more people have moved out to into different states, you know, um, right. it's nice because you have fa- family and friends now in all these different states. You know, a lot of people from Connecticut moved to like Florida, North carolina yeah. south carolina georgia so i'm like oh okay i got a friend here i got a friend here i got a friend here you know um but i love the i love the short-term rental idea um and i want to know like uh for people who are listening and are like okay well i want to get into a short-term rental now you just mentioned the word investment so investors excuse me investors now do you feel like um it the best way to go is to have investors or did you or is it because you kept growing was your yeah, first? It, yeah. it was when I. It, it depends where you are when you're first starting. Um, yeah, I could get those first like three, four deals without investors. Mm-hmm. Um, I just reached a. My wife and I reached a point where we were just tapped out financially yeah. in terms of we couldn't guarantee any more loans in our names by ourselves. Right. Um, with how fast we wanted to grow, we could have mm-hmm. easily done the thing of get two properties a year and then just roll that over every couple mm-hmm. of years. That's mm-hmm. completely fine as well. Um, but there were people who were in my life, uh, friends that were coming to me, um, that had some money set aside. So those were the first couple of investors, um, that trusted me and I trusted them, um, or trust them, um, cause we're in business together. And, um, that's, that's how that just started. It was, okay. I, I had the appetite to do more. Um, and that, that's where the investor capital from right now, I'm not really actively in, um, 
raising capital because we're just trying to deploy the capital that we raised earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and we, we've also teamed up with a couple funds in the, in the, um, like out of Michigan and new Orleans to be exact that they raise all the capital. Um, and then I'm essentially the deal finder and I put together the deal and manage it. That's awesome. Um, so tell me about a challenge. Like what is the biggest challenge you might've found, um, that you had to navigate and learn, you know, while you were getting into this? Yeah. Uh, when I first started, it was, um, just understanding that, I mean, construction takes, takes a little while, especially yeah. with, um, and I think the thing about construction, this is why I created the course was when you're starting, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. There, this, right, is, a complete, right. this is a completely different world to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I relied very heavily on like university textbooks, like real estate development textbooks that like are taught at university. I would just purchase the textbooks. And uh, that's sort of how I dip my toes in the water. But it's like just with anything else, it's like the best way to learn is just to just to get into it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was the biggest challenge was just a huge learning curve. And recently um, things are getting better with like labor and materials and stuff. But just finishing up some of the projects that were caught up in COVID, like they were, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. they were like pre-COVID budgets that we put on hold for a couple of years until things recovered a little bit, that we're finally developing, uh, and that's been the biggest challenge, is sort of just balancing numbers just to finish those yeah. projects. Yeah, yeah. Currently, like with getting lo- like as long as I'm underwriting the properties at today's interest rates and today's costs, I'm completely comfortable as long as they're cash flowing again. But right. like what was what was very difficult was dealing with budgets that were done prior to COVID. We got the loan like right when COVID happened. And then uh, like we just put them on the sideline until recently, which I probably had to come out like maybe 100, 150 grand out of pocket to finish up those projects. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Because, uh, you know, the the, the price of lumber and everything went up. Oh my gosh, exponentially. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. My husband is in construction. He builds and refinishes homes and stuff like that. And it was, he was like, I can't, I... Yeah, these oh, prices it, are crazy. It, it was, I literally like to build. Yeah, to build a small deck was like five grand. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he said. That's what his customers were saying. They were like, yeah, "Why yeah. are you overcharging us?" He's like, "I'm not. I'm You're literally like, here, just charging here's the material." The breakdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's that's how I felt. I would. I was yeah. asking. I felt like thirty grand for decks for how big those were was was craziness. Right. But it's like, um, I'm thinking about like two specific properties. But like, I literally asked for like breakdowns, like cost, labor, and it yeah. Was, they're right. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his customers did the same. I totally get that. So let me let me ask you about your very first property. Like, how long do you feel like, or do you remember uh, that it took you to start seeing cash flow for that property? Yeah, I mean, it was in the first two months. Um, oh wow! For sure. Yeah. So yeah, you picked no, a good we, spot. You picked a good spot. Yeah, we, we not. Yeah, I'm not gonna say lucky, but we definitely did get lucky with the land um, that we purchased. Um, it was beautiful four acres on the side of a mountain so it's got beautiful mountain oh, nice like, winter yeah. views. It's, a, it's it's wooded in the summer but beautiful honestly this time of the year is the prettiest time of the year um, out there in the winter um but yeah the the first property um cash flowed relatively quickly um because the Good. the mortgage was only turnkey to purchase that property and build it prior to COVID. it was 250 grand with furnishing it i probably put about 40 grand out of my own money into that project uh just like money that i'd saved up um and borrowed from other people and um, that property last year grossed eighty three thousand in revenue, eighty two thousand, and then it netted forty six thousand. So my great. ROI on that property has been over a hundred percent a year, which is crazy. Yeah, to, yeah. To, to just say that, um, if you want to discount those numbers by like 25, 40 percent, twenty five to thirty percent, 
I mean, those are still crazy numbers. Yeah, that's I mean, good. The, the, I think the mortgage payment on that specific property is like 12. This is after a cash out refinance too. Um, it's about $1,200 a month and it, it cash flows anywhere between like, or it grosses anywhere between five to 8,000 a month. That's so great. That it, yeah, yeah. It, it cash flowed relatively quickly. That's good. And that's probably what became addicting, right, Alex? You were like, oh, yeah. spooky now. We did the math. We're like, I mean, we only need three properties to essentially retire. So that's what it, when I say yeah. retire, I'll, I'll always be doing what I do because I enjoy it. Right. But in terms of you enjoy it, stepping yeah. away from what we were working on full time, like working um, and working on this. Yeah, it, it was definitely addicting for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I'm just trying to like think of all of that and like how you would, um, you know, get into the property and then then how you would know the experience of the person. Did you actually put yourself through it? Like, did you and your wife actually go to the property and stay at the property and see what oh, was yeah, missing yeah, well, and all of yeah, that? Yeah, I had my I had my builder's family stay at the property. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's feedback, that's, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. like constructive criticism, like no, right. like. Don't, don't be nice to me. Like, tell me what's wrong with it. You're my friend. You built it. Right. Um, so yeah, for sure. We, we stayed in it. We were the first guests to stay in it. We had some friends come into town that were like, Hey, go. It was just perfect timing. We're like, just go over there and stay in it. Tell me what's wrong with it. Um, and as we've grown, I mean, we've done that with almost every single one of our properties. Oh, that good. We, we, yeah, good. yeah. We stayed in every single one of them. I bring a notebook with me. I'll, I'll videotape everything. Um, if I don't want to write everything down. And then when I get back to my office after we're done with the stay, like I'll write out everything. It's 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 one of those things where like when you're setting it up, you're not realizing it, but like some mm -hmm. things might feel awkward in the property. Yeah. That like, oh, the kitchen needs this because I I like I just thought of it, but I couldn't find it or blah, 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 blah. Like it, it that that's that's where like that's what differ, differentiates, I would say, like the top 50% of people and then like the top 10% of people is mm -hmm, those mm -hmm. little things because you have like 20, 30 little things add up really quickly. They do. And I think one of the best things to do is to have like, uh, oh, maybe this is just my my way of doing things. But like, for instance, I stayed at, like I said to you at that Airbnb, really cute cottage out in um, in Orlando. And there was a couple of things I saw that I was like, mm. but what I did was I sent them a private message. I don't yeah, believe absolutely. in like and bashing we, we people that with and that. Yeah. yeah, we we ask for that in the guest yeah. review. Like, well, after they check out, um, we if they actually did have a bad stay, we we like to get in front of it with a message that we send yeah. out automatically. Um, but it's essentially that. It's like if you would change anything about the property, let us know. And yeah, I mean, I would say I would say most of the things after we stayed in the property that we didn't find out. Most of the properties that, or most of the things that are in all of our properties now have come from guest recommendations because awesome. if one guest finds it awkward in a specific property it, it probably applies to all the rest of the properties yeah that's yeah. actually a really good tip too alex because that's what jogged me to do that privately with him because he sent me a private message and i was able to say hey you know a and b that all the things that's the only thing you really need to like kind of look at but i love the property and i gave him a five-star review because it was a nice place you know and i yeah. think that um people like you who are working really hard to try to have this experience, right. And that, you know, people like me who want to have a good experience, if we can treat each other like human beings and kind of like feedback off of each other and help each other through that journey. I mean, it's, it's, you know, that's a win-win, right. So um, tell me about a little bit about uh, how, who's listening right now can get into your masterclass into your program, like connect with you, all of that, because I think, you know, I don't think I know that what you're doing is super cool. And I know a lot of people that um, are would be very interested in that. So tell us. Yeah, about absolutely. That. And like I said, originally, like you only need two or three of these properties to to 
to net six figures. I would say three properties right. to net six figures. Right. Um, awesome. So, I mean, it, it's not that much if you're thinking like, okay, I want to quit my job in a year or two, say two years. I mean, you, you can, we did that. Well, like we, mm -hmm, we did that mm -hmm. relatively easily um, with just three properties. But um, it, for anyone who's interested in the course, the masterclass, um, I essentially sat down and put together the course that I wish I had when I first started. Because mm -hmm. if I would have had this course when I first started, I probably would have saved hundred, $200,000 at this point with just mistakes and stuff. Um, so that's at my personal website, which is alexjarbo.com. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be in the show notes somewhere, yeah. um, but you, you guys can just click the masterclass button and it'll take you to the course and where to purchase it. Awesome. Awesome. And so um, the, the course was going to take them to that journey you told us about with like building a property and learning. Yeah, everything. It's, okay. it's 120 videos. Um, oh, wow. It's a lot. A six, yeah. 65 page workbook that we put together. Wow. Um, there's there's some group coaching in there like once a month and checklists, templates, like messaging templates, oh, that's great. For building everything, even even how to decide what is unique in your market is right. in that course, literally from step one, all the way down to even raising capital, if you want to go that route. Wow, that's fantastic. Wow. I'm going to check that out myself. Yeah, I just told you to dabble in it because I told my husband, I said, you know what? I want to like buy a few acres, like five, six acres. Oh, and I God. literally want to build just like container homes because, you know, he's a, he's a contractor. That course would be perfect to you. And between yeah. us, like, I mean, you yeah. have direct access to me, so... Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. No, that's really, really great. And I didn't realize how robust that was. That's amazing. Oh, it's that's a, really it took cool. six months to put together. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. 15, 20 hours of just raw or 15, 20 hours of edited videos. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, yeah. so cool. That's good. That That's really, really value. So if um, people want to know more about you know, like your business and stuff like that as well, or do you take any investors still or no, or I'm, how you I'm open that to out? having the conversations. Um, yeah. What I would probably do is just defer them over to the fund that I'm working with, because that's yeah. how to directly invest in the deals that I'm working on. Oh, cool. um, they okay. have, the, in my opinion, they have better invest. They, they have the systems in place for investor relations of how mm -hmm, to keep up mm -hmm. with investors. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I am actively looking for investors. I just push them over to my fund that I work That's with. That's good. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yay, Alex, yeah. you dropped some knowledge up in here today. Oh, I, Thank appreciate, you. I appreciate you having me on. No, this is fun. <laughs> Yeah, this was fun. And, uh, and I learned a lot and I love learning and I know that my audience does too. So I'm super stoked that you were here and I can't wait to like share your word and, and everything you're doing out there because, you know, people are looking right now, Alex, to switch what they're doing. You know, like people are tired of the office thing and they're, you know, at least that's what I'm, that's what I'm working with. I work with a lot of like, you know, uh, C-suite people and women and stuff like that who are looking to transition their oh, life. Done. And yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think that's where people are because I can't, I can't seem to hire anybody at my at my place. Yeah, I'm like, where funny. is everybody? Oh, they're like, working with Alex. It, that's I can't find anyone. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Alex is stealing my people. No, yeah, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for being on Straight Talk. I'm really grateful. Thank you. Oh yeah, thanks for having me on. I had fun. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. You are the best. Okay, I have the best podcasting community ever. I really do, and I appreciate you guys being on here. Make sure you go on to winject.com slash register w-i-n-j-e-c-t dot com slash register and register for my free community because I want to be really um, connected with you and I want us to brainstorm and be with each other and connect in a deeper way if you are looking for coaching please make sure that you also email me 
at hello at straighttalknosugaredit.com. I work with women and I help them develop that business that they are envisioning in their hearts so that they can win. Thank you guys so much for being here. Love you, love you, love you. This is Dina Perez, Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time.